Well, good morning, Mariners. We are here at our first ever online men's breakfast. Hope you guys are enjoying some delicious coffee and maybe a breakfast burrito uh, or whatever it is, eggs, bacon, uh, toast. But I'm glad that you are with us. It is great to gather. I know it's not the same. I miss being in the community center and high-fiving, giving knuckles and hugs and just laughing and worshiping and praising God together. And I can't wait uh, for the day that we can do that again. Uh, I'm praying for that to be sooner rather than later, but we're going to trust God's timing on that. But uh, I'm excited because this morning that uh, we get to look at God's word and we get to be inspired by the promises of, of our loving God who he is present in our suffering. And that's the word that I feel God gave me uh, for you this morning. As I've been preparing and thinking about um, what should we share? What, what, what should we consider in such a time as this? Uh, because I know we are all struggling. We are all in this same quarantine, this crisis, this global pandemic, these unprecedented times, as many call it. Uh, and this is hard. This is hard stuff. And so I know that the way that we're experiencing this is very vast. Some of us are really extreme suffering, and some of us are, are also suffering, but maybe not as severe. And so maybe for some of us, it's, it's extreme financial hardship. Maybe it's a job loss. Maybe you're mourning the loss of, of someone who um, has been really sick and maybe it's um, just just getting used to how we can't go out and be together and you miss uh, eating at a restaurant and sitting down or being in community you're lonely you're struggling you're isolated and this is not the way that God intended it and it's hard and so um, I just want to be uh, encouraging to you and, in, and in, as we look at God's word, let it be a place of comfort and hope in these trying times. And so what I believe that I want to look at is this question of we as men of God, how do we respond to our current situation? How do we as believers and Christian men respond to the suffering and the season that we're in? And so... Uh, I want to look at Romans 12, 12. This is what I believe God put on my heart. It kind of woke me up one night and I started reading Romans and I came to this verse and I feel like that's how we're supposed to respond. It was for me. But I'm like, as I was learning for myself, I was like, man, I think that might be the word for the men. So we know that in Romans, um, this is written by Paul. He's in Corinth and he's, Rome, he's writing to the Roman church. And he's giving these exhortations on what it looks like for us to live out our faith as Christians, to take some of these, um, these things that he's saying and live them out and to respond to God in love and service and in faith. And so we know that he's declaring these things over us so that we're, we're supposed to respond to God um, by giving him glory, by recognizing God has given us this amazing grace so we respond by giving God glory by loving others and serving others and so uh, I want to read for you Romans 12 12 very short verse very simple verse yet there's a lot packed into it that I think is for us this morning so rejoice in hope rejoice in hope and be patient in affliction and be persistent in prayer rejoice in hope 
be pers- uh, sorry, rejoice in hope, be patient in affliction, and be persistent in prayer. How do we respond as Christian men to this time of suffering? That's how. We are rejoicing in hope, we are patient in affliction, and we are persistent in prayer. So what does that look like in the midst of this crisis? How do we respond with joy? And we know, or sorry, with rejoicing. We know that in in the biblical definition uh, for rejoicing is to be glad, to rejoice and to praise. And so uh, in the Hebrew translation, it, it literally means to be glad, and which feels very challenging to do in this current suffering. So to be glad is we have to really focus on Jesus, to fix our eyes on Jesus. And this doesn't mean that we can't suffer and mourn and struggle and be in pain. That's not minimizing what we're experiencing, but we we also need to rejoice. How do we do that? And There's this habitual state of joy as a follower of Jesus because we look at the promises of God and we look to eternity. Just a few weeks ago, we celebrated Easter. And what we celebrated is that Jesus loved us so much that he would die a sinner's death for us. That our brokenness and our sin would be nailed to the cross. That we would no longer have to live in sin. That our sin is forgiven. It's it's as far as the east is to the west, we are free, and that God did not stay in the grave. He rose again. He conquered death. We have a living God that is sovereign, that is present, that he's right there in the middle of this thing with us right now, that he is present, that he is sovereign, that he's in control, that he is still King Jesus, that he is alive, and because of that, we can rejoice. Because of his faithfulness, his goodness, his love, that he has not forsaken us, we can rejoice. It's still really hard to do because of the the suffering that we're experiencing. And and you know the verse in 1 James 2 through 4, consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because of Um, the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let us persevere and finish its work so that we may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. So we know that we're going to face trials, and we are currently in maybe one of the biggest trials that our, our world has ever experienced, yet we can respond and flex our muscles of faith in trusting who God is and his sovereignty and his promises and his faithfulness and his goodness and his enduring love. And we are lacking nothing when we surrender to him and trust him that we can face trials of any kind because we have a savior that is Jesus. So we can continue to persevere. We can continue to endure, not minimizing the pain, the suffering, the loss, but yet in one hand we can mourn and suffer, but maybe we can suffer well when we are fixed on Jesus and we can trust him and we can surrender to him and we can have confidence in his faithfulness and his love and his goodness and we can actually rejoice in our suffering. We can rejoice in the trials. We can endure, we can persevere because we become dependent on him and not try to control ourselves. And so that is how we can rejoice. 
we rejoice because God is still on the throne that God is still good and that we rejoice when we look at eternity and go one day we will be with him in eternity where there will be no more viruses, no more pain, no more anxiety, no more fear, no more addictions, no more strongholds, pain, suffering, illness, divorce. We can just be free and no longer have to suffer and be in the presence of our maker in heaven. And we rejoice when our eyes are fixed on that. So let us rejoice. Let us rejoice in the hope that is Jesus Christ, who love endures forever. So the next one is be patient in affliction. Paul was saying be patient in affliction. I got to be honest. I have not been patient in our current circumstances. It is um, not something that I'm thriving in. I don't end my day and go, man, I was so patient with my family today. I was so patient with my kids today. And I just kept extending grace after grace after grace. And that's an area that I'm continuing to to seek wisdom and, and God's help on because, man, do I need patience, not only with my family, but I am ready to go surfing. I am ready to be with friends. I am ready to go sit at a restaurant and eat a burger sitting less than six feet apart from a friend. I am ready and I am impatient. But the biblical definition that we know that it's saying being patient in affliction, affliction, the definition biblically is to suffer or persecution or a trial of many kinds. And so we're in this state of pain. And we're called to be patient in it and to trust in it and to be faithful in it. And the severity of our current situation, like I keep saying, it's vast. Some of us are, are really struggling and, and maybe not quite sure um, what is going to happen. And the uncertainty can cause so much anxiety and fear for us and uh, the uncertainty of is there going to be a job at the under at the other side of this and what will normal normalcy look like at the end of this and continue to be patient in God's timing and trusting him and know that that we um, we got to keep enduring and trusting God and I, I'm reminded that human life doesn't exist for our, our happiness but God is much bigger than just us being happy uh, human life exists to, for us to glorify God. It's for us to glorify God. And I believe when we glorify God and to love God and love others, what happens is we become fulfilled. And in our fulfillment, we experience happiness, but we're not promised a trial-free, easy life. Jesus himself said um, that in this life, there will be trouble, there will be suffering, but take heart, I have overcome the world, he said. So we know that there will be trouble. We're experiencing it. But Jesus says, but remember, I have overcome the world. And that great reminder that he's in control, that he is sovereign, and that, that we are called to be patient in our suffering, patient in our afflictions. And I believe that part of what's going on, at least for me and maybe for you, I feel like it's a giant reset button that got hit. And it's resetting some of our priorities and, 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 and going, man, work was the top priority or this was the top priority. And it's kind of had to reset and go, my family, my health, my love for Jesus, quality time with him and leaning into him and, and surrendering and trusting. It's, it's required for us to have perseverance 
because we just have to trust him each day. But we're reminded that he is our daily portion, that he is the great promise of hope, how that we can rejoice. And he helps us to be patient. So when we lean into him and we dig into God's word and we're present with him, that allows us to be reminded that he's in control. And that helps us become patient. That helps us reminded that although we are in affliction, we are in trials, we are in tribulation, his promises are still true. His promises are still good. We still get to lean into him, surrender and trust because we know he's a loving God that does not forsake us. So be patient, man. I know it's hard for me, but I've had to really work on being patient with my kids and, and trying to both be a husband, a homeschool teacher or principal, which I'm, I'm acting as a teacher and a principal, uh, and then working on my job and, and working on um, just being a great neighbor and a great servant to God. That is a, that's something that I need to continue to, to lean into and be patient with. And so take heart, guys, take heart, um, be patient, trust his timing, trust that one day that we'll get to be free again and, and go out and be in community and um, just trust that he is good and his timing is right. The last one is be persistent in prayer. And scripture says in First Thessalonians, which you know is rejoice always, which is very similar to our Romans 12, 12 verse. And then it says, pray without ceasing, never stop praying, and then give thanks in all circumstances, both good and bad. And for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So we're, we're, we're supposed to be men of prayer. We are trusting God. We are coming to the throne, getting on our knees and saying, God, I need you. God, I surrender. God, please I need you in this suffering. Give me hope. Give me peace. Give me comfort. And then we can intercede on our brothers and sisters' behalf and, and pray for them. This is how we connect to God. This is how we are in relationship with him. We read God's word and we pray to God, our maker. And so this is a great gift that we get this direct line to God and go, God, I need to hear your voice. God, I need to know you. You are hearing my prayers. And although he doesn't always answer them in the timing that we need or in the ways that we need, he is a God who responds. And he'll speak to us when we come to him and we actually listen and we journal and we write down. Maybe, maybe in your prayer time, you just journal things that you're grateful for because he is moving in the midst of this trial. Oh my goodness, is God moving. People are coming to know Jesus because they're looking for hope. They're, they're desperate and they're finding hope and fulfillment in the love of Jesus Christ. So it is an amazing time for us to share our faith. So be persistent in prayer. And this is a power that God's given us, the Holy Spirit within us, that we have the ability to pray on others' behalf for healing, for hope, for joy, for comfort. And we can come to God the Father and enter the throne room and say, God, we need you. God, we trust you. God, I surrender. And you know that it says, cast your cares upon him because he loves you. We can come to him and we can surrender our fears, our trials, our suffering. We can be honest. We can be real. God, this is hard. We need you. And we get to do that. And that's just a prayer of surrender. We can have prayers of gratitude. 
and thanksgiving, which I believe is how we enter that place of rejoicing. And we just get to have this beautiful union with Jesus in prayer. And I'm so grateful for that. I love um, every night, me and my family, we, we sit down to eat. And my two-year-old is starting to understand this idea of prayer. And sometimes her brothers pray. Sometimes I pray. Sometimes my wife prays. We kind of take turns. And she now is persistent in prayer. She doesn't get the praying to God yet. But one of the things that she says is, I'm thankful for, I'm thankful for, I'm thankful for. Usually she says it three to four times before she says, I'm thankful for daddy or I'm thankful for mommy, which just melts my heart every single time. She is obsessed with her mom. I'm definitely number two. But when she says, I'm thankful for my daddy, man, do I love that. But she is persistent in always giving uh, thanks and gratitude. And I love it because there's a childlike faith that I see with my kids. And their faith is this beautiful trust in me and their mom. Every morning they wake up and they're not concerned about whether or not they're going to get breakfast, whether or not um, they're going to have a, uh, a day where they have enough. They're just excited for the day and they have this beautiful faith, faith and they just always trust us. They just trust us. And I believe that um, we need to be reminded that we're called to have that childlike faith and that we can come to God with that faith in prayer and persistent and pray without ceasing. Never stop praying. We need to be men who are all about prayer more than ever in this crisis. And we need to keep leaning into Jesus and be reminded that we are dependent on him, not on ourselves. We have to relinquish control, which we as men do. I know me, I'm always trying to control and, and make sure the situation is going as seamless as possible. But I have to remind myself that I'm actually not in control, relinquish control, surrender to God. And, and that just tends to really help me refocus and fix my eyes on Jesus and come to him in prayer. And I've been, I've been praying more, more and more praying for you guys, praying for our church, praying for our community, praying for our, our leaders, our healthcare workers, praying for our government and all the decisions that are being made. And I know that I just have to trust God. I, I'm going to just go, all right, God, I'm going to come to you. This 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 is really hard and, and I'm ready to send my kids back to school. I'm ready to go back to work. I'm ready to go to the grocery store and there not be uh, no TP or plenty of food. I'm just ready for normalcy, but his timing is right. And we don't even know what that, what that day looks like or if it's ever going to return to full normalcy. But God knows because he's in control and we can have this childlike faith and trusting him and being persistent in prayer and be men of prayer and trust him in our prayers. I have a lot of conversations with guys. They come to me and say, hey, I'm going through this. I really need advice on this. And and say, hey, have you have you been praying about that? What's God been saying about that? And I'm always surprised at how they respond. Well, well, not really. I haven't I haven't really prayed about it. That's that's you know, I, I've been thinking about it and strategizing about. It. I'm like, man, you you, you got to be a man of prayer. You got to come to Jesus, journal, ask him, pray for him, listen to his voice because he he may be ready to speak. But this is the way that we commune with God. This is the way that we connect with with 
well, that God would have for us. And this is where we get recharged in our faith to trust him with what he's doing. So men, what do we do in this trial? What do we do in this suffering? How do we respond to our current situation? Well, we rejoice in hope, the hope that is Jesus Christ, who is ever present, who is sovereign, who is with us. We, uh, we really need to be patient in our affliction, patient in the suffering and continue to lean on him and know that we're not promised a perfect life, but we will, we can go through this by flexing our faith muscle and trusting him, leaning in. We can both rejoice and we can mourn and we can suffer, but we can continue to do both and do them by trusting him and be patient in our suffering. And lastly, like I said, we need to be persistent in prayer, getting on our knees, coming to the Father, surrendering our control, surrendering our brokenness and saying, God, I need you and pray out to him. Prayers of gratitude, prayers of surrender, prayers for our brothers and sisters, our communities, our world. We need to pray to God, our Father our Savior. Guys, thank you for listening. I hope you are encouraged. Keep leaning into Jesus. Let's run after him together and let's fearlessly change the world. So thanks for tuning in.